Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. So excited to um, have you here today. And I remember over the summer when we sat down after, you know, some time and started chatting, like our conversation was just deep. I was like, Sam, you got to come on and talk to us. Yeah, for sure. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So I know, you know, when we sat down a few months ago, you know, the topic of the pandemic came up, of course, you know, because that's, you know, a topic that most of us touch on a little bit, at least when we sit down. Right. And we started talking about how, you know, the last, you know, 20 months, 18 months has changed our lives in so many different ways. And I just kind of wanted to touch on that with you. And I, I know for you, you said, you know, Grace, it changed all three facets of my life, like my personal, my career, my side hustle. So I just wanted to touch base with you and see like what what was the biggest kind of life shift for you during this last couple years almost? Wow. Well, like everybody else, it shifted a lot. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's life shifted. There weren't a lot of people that were continuing to live the way they did previous to the pandemic stuff. Um, Side hustle, the Blue Dog events basically completely shut down. All of our events are very social. There's hundreds of people in a room. So those completely came to a stop. Um, And so it shifted away from being able to do any of those events at all. So Mm -hmm. um, that changed there. And then on the other hand, my day job, but working in Old Republic Title completely shifted to like a 300% 300% increase in volume and the amount of business and busyness that I was dealing with. And so, which is crazy. It's, yeah, it's nuts. What, Not what, what we expected. But what, what do you think was the factor, you know, that shift made that shift increase business by 300%? Um, I think there's a few factors. Probably one of the bigger factors was the pandemic kind of made people realize where they were living, what lives they were doing, you know, how their lives worked and what was important to them. And I feel like I'm in the East Bay. I'm in Contra Costa County. We had a huge exodus from San Francisco and the peninsula from so many people who lived in apartments who were, you know, that initial lockdown of a few months where people were stuck in their homes made them realize that their homes weren't very big and they had no yards. And it was tough Mm -hmm. to get outside and see sunlight and green grass. And um, I think it it put things into perspective for those people in one regard and, and Part two of that was um, so many of them were working from home and realized that it was possible to work from home and no longer needed to be close to those businesses in the city to do that. Um, So they came out this direction. And so the market out here and most of the Bay Area but and most of the United States, but I think it was a big factor for a lot of people was to, hey, I don't have to drive back and forth anymore. So why am I not living in a house with a yard where my kids can run and play and not be locked out in this apartment? Mm-hmm. that I'm paying some crazy number for anyway. And so I think that's where the majority of the business came, especially in our county. I know a lot of counties were busy, but we had a huge amount of people come from um, the rest of the Bay over to this side of the Bay for sure. 
and I, I love hearing those stories because typically when we, you know, are in um, a, a downturn or, you know, this pandemic, it's like you hear about like my business definitely um, took a hit and I made an effort to stay positive. And what helped me stay pos positive was hearing, OK, well, this industry is, is very busy. And so I reminded me that in whatever um, I don't even know what to call this because it wasn't really a downturn. It was, you know, in whatever situation we're in, there's always going to be a way to thrive. And it right. helped me, you know, because I heard that. I heard, okay, all of these industries are going crazy and they're thriving. And, I, and it inspired me. And I said, you know what? There has to be a way to get creative to also thrive during this time instead of falling into um, a depression. Right. You know, you. I'm sure there was times I felt that way. I'm sure there was times you felt that way too. Sure. Um, but just seeing other businesses thrive was inspiring. And then that's helped me get creative. Right. And being in one of those industries for me made me continually put things into perspective. Like mm -hmm. we were crazy and it was busy and I was bummed out that I wasn't doing blue dog stuff. But in that same regard, I had to be super thankful that I was at a place where I still had my job because I know plenty of people lost their jobs, yeah. that I wasn't in a business that, you know, a restaurant business that was really suffering during those times when it was shut down and struggling to figure out how to survive. So I had to constantly remind myself as well as the staff in the office because we were overwhelmed for a long time. Oh, I bet. Uh, you know, when, when it, you know, we get, we've had busy times, but when it's busy for 18 months straight, and it's crushing you, um, you know, even with the, hey, you guys, we should be thankful we still have jobs. And everybody's like, yeah, forget it. I'm done. I don't want my job. At all. But, you know, you had to keep reminding yourself there's people that are really suffering right now. And we're very fortunate to be in a position in an industry that isn't suffering. And we need to be thankful for that. And so it, it, it definitely helped put things in perspective and reminded ourselves regularly of that. So. For sure. And and me too. Although my business, you know, took a hit, I'm, I'm grateful and thank God that it was still, you know, we had essential workers that were working. And I, same thing, I stayed in gratitude every day. Every day yeah. I stayed in gratitude. But you're right. We also need to step back. And, and although I am grateful, you were grateful. I feel like there's time that we need to step back and, and regroup. We can't run on empty. For sure. So sure. what were some ways that you stayed grounded and helped your team stay grounded? Because that's a very stressful, you know, it was a very stressful time, not only business, but then you guys are probably navigating, you know, what's happening in the world around. It was like crazy. Like we didn't know what was going right. on and you didn't right. get the chance to be home like the rest of us. Right. Right. You know, take yeah. It was tough. It was tough. I don't, I don't even know how we survived or how I survived. I know that I struggled probably internally a lot more than I should have because I felt like, especially here, I needed to be that beacon of hope and, and laughter and positive encouragement because they were crushing it. And what they do in the office is not what I normally do. And so I became someone who was in the office more. And so not only was I doing what I used to do, I was now doing stuff in the office. So um, I, I became more of the caretaker during that time and mm. probably less of a caretaker for myself and mm. more of a caretaker for everybody else because that need is what was needed to be fulfilled. The office was really, you know, having a rough time. And um, so, I, yeah, I probably could have done more to take care of myself during that time. I definitely did things, but, um, you know, you reach to whatever's available to you. I, I, right. I remember when um, golf courses opened. Oh, yeah. It, it like, like a 
big thing because there had been so little social interaction with all my friends and the people that I used to hang out with and play poker with. And we weren't playing poker anymore. We weren't doing any of those things. And as soon as golf courses opened, all of a sudden I'm golfing a day or two a week and, and finding clients that want to go play golf and getting out as often as possible because it allowed us to be social again and be outside. Right. Um, and so that was definitely a good coping mechanism for me. Um, never been a good golfer, but um, you know, it's always been something steady and I can hang and my game's okay, but I always enjoy going out there and having a good time. And, and so that allowed for that because that was so missing for such a long time when we were fully locked down. For sure. And we talked about that, you know, human connection and <coughs> sorry guys, we talked about that human connection and missing that so much. And for me too, when the golf course opened and Mike and the kids could get out there for our family, that was a lifesaver because like you, they're very, um, you know, need that, need that connection and being out there in the fresh air and getting that exercise. But I mean, what else did you do for yourself? I mean, was there something else that you did other than go out there a couple of days a week? Cause you, you know, you're managing a lot. Yeah, no, work kept us pretty busy in general. So, you know, it, it was a lot of work. And then, you know, what we could do when we could get out with the family and then do that, I, I for sure enjoyed bonding more with my son at home and being home and having the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, he was still being homeschooled and, and doing it online. And so he was there all day. I was there all day, a lot yeah. of days. Um, you know, even just having the time during the breaks that he had from that and then being home when he was done with school instead of coming home three hours after he's done with school mm. created a lot more time with the family. So Kathy and um, JMO, being able to spend a lot more time with them is pretty much how we coped. I think that's how we all coped is kind of leaned on each other um, mm -hmm. sometimes in good ways and leaned on each other sometimes yeah. in bad ways. Yeah, uh, it wasn't yeah. always easy. Yeah, there was pluses and minuses to that, but I think it was definitely part of the coping mechanism and, and a learning experience. Mm. I think from any of that, you start to recognize things in yourself when it's there every day and it's in your face every day. You either say, hey, I don't like this about me and I need to change it, or I really like this about me, I need to do more of it. And so mm. I think when you're forced to kind of look at it and go, why is this so rough or why is this so good, you start to recognize things. And I think it's not something we all do as often as we probably should. And we were all kind of forced to do it. Maybe mm -hmm. not the first month or two months, but after about six or seven months, you start to really, you recognize things you like and don't like and why you do and don't and things you mm -hmm. probably want to change about yourself and things you probably wish people in your family would change about them. Oh um, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot because you're seeing so much of each other so consistently. Mm -hmm. So Well, you can't hide. You can't no, run. You're distracting no, no. each other's faces, you know, most of the time. And I can relate to what you're saying. It was like, Oh my goodness. You know what? I, I know for me, you know, I was presented with situations where like, okay, Grace, you need to make some changes. You have some decisions to make and, and how are you going to do this? And what are you going to do? Um, but like you said, it was a lesson and it was a, it was, I tell you what, I haven't grown so much the way I've grown in the last 18 months. Right. Um, it's been, it's been insane. And so for you, if you could say what's one, there's been many lessons, like you said, but what's one lesson that kind of really stands out for you? Hmm. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if there's a lesson, one lesson, obviously it was a lot of growing across mm -hmm. the board. Um, and I think that is probably the key always. If you're constantly growing, then you're you're constantly improving your life because you're learning and you're growing. Um, all the little factors of ways you learn to cope, 
you know, learning how to cope with situations that you didn't have to deal with before. That's a lesson. Um, got to know way more neighbors. Ah. Just walking through the neighborhood, you know, and maybe we're not best of buddies and hang out all the time, but we all know each other now and see each other. And we've always had the, you know, surrounding five or six houses. Everybody knows each other, but a block down? No. But when you started seeing them every day walking their dog, mm -hmm. because now you're all outside trying to see people. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it reinforced the sense of community and, and mm -hmm. you know, and those things, I think, were lessons that um, slipped past a lot of us. I know that we have that with our families and our families are large. And so we get that sense of community there. But outside of that, we see people when we can see people and we've got our best friends that we, you know, we've known for 20 years and sometimes we go two months and we don't see them. That's right. And sometimes we go, you know, so reminding yourself of who those people are and, and connecting with them regularly, I think was a, a something that you kind of had to do at that point because you didn't see them. You didn't see other people and you missed that connection. So you call the people, you know, and you love, and so you connect with them more. So mm. I guess that's another lesson is just staying in touch and yeah. reaching out to those that you miss and not saying I'll do that later. or I got to give them a call. I miss them. Um, just call. I don't know. I do that a lot and I've always done that a lot, but I definitely reinforced that during that time. I do. I, I do that I, a lot too. I, I feel like I, the one thing I learned is like, I was always so busy that I didn't do that really. And right. everyone knows, like, if you need me, I am there in a heartbeat, but I'm not the one that's usually reaching out. But now I make an effort because I've learned the most important thing. It's, it's, of course we love business and we have to make a living, but we, I, I was conditioned to believe that that was the most important thing, like work, work, work. Right. And now I realize it's number one, it's self-care. And two, like you said, it's our families, the people in our lives, being connected with them. Right. Nurturing the relationships. Yeah. I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we nurture the relationships in our lives. I feel like we take them for granted that they're always going to be there. A lot. And I've, I've always, um, I've always done that. I, I, kind of in my group of friends and people that I grew up around was the hub. I was the one that called everybody. I was the one that got everybody to show up on Saturday at this time. I was the one that always did that. And um, I missed that because I used to do it a lot more. So I think some of that time re-engaged making those connections mm -hmm. and reaching back out to those people. And again, nobody that was ever distant for any length of time or for any bad reason, just because we get busy. Yeah. And our lives are busy. We just roll and you put your head down and you go to work and then you come home and then you're exhausted and you do what you got to do with your family. And then all of a sudden I didn't have time and I meant to call so-and-so and I really missed them and I need to say hi and I didn't. But um, I make that effort. I make that effort a lot. Like yeah. I try to do that a couple calls a day. Nice. Through all my mixed work calls that I'm doing and everything else I'll deal with, I still try to call a couple people a day just to say, hey. And it. what's going on and let's get together and when can we meet up and let's have coffee or let's go grab lunch. Or, I love it. Because um, we need that. And I think we, we need that. people like you and I who have always been those social beings and need that and needed that more in the last year and a half than we had previous because it was always around us before. Right. We've had to make more reaching out to get there. Yep. Because yep. it's harder. And I can relate to what you're saying, although I don't reach out on the phone often. I'm definitely the hub. I'm the one that gets everyone together and, and coordinates the parties. And you're right. Like once we were able to go out, you know, to dinner, I was out to dinner with whoever wanted to 
go out to dinner. I'm so like, I've been at town like every twice a week because right. I just want to see people. Um, right. But going back to talking about the busy, I think I feel like in our society and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, like it's a badge of honor. You know, years ago I felt, oh, I'm so busy and I'm working so long and I'm so hard. Look at me, like, give me a badge. Like right. I, it made you feel like it made me feel proud when in reality, Grace, that was uh, stupid, you know, not putting myself down, but I feel like we were conditioned to believe that work defined us. For sure. And that's the false story that we tell ourselves. I know that now. For sure. Not, For not sure. that I don't still have that belief because it's so ingrained, um, but it doesn't define us. And I'm learning that the more fun I have, the more I connect with people, the more I enjoy myself, the more successful I become. It's not all about the work. That's like resistance. Not that we don't have to work. Right. No, I, I agree. And I've been very fortunate because in both of my businesses, that is my job. My job when I'm here is mostly sales and, you know, branch managers managing the people within my office, which is ultimately sales. Yeah. It's connecting with people and, and, you know, finding ways to connect and make sure everybody's on, on the right page moving forward. But my day job was basically is all relationship buildings. I'm not yeah. a salesperson like come here, look at this cup. I want you to buy this cup. Let me tell you about this cup. It was about making, um, relationships and creating relationships with all the clientele and in turn getting the business because we have that relationship yeah. and so continuing to do that throughout the rest of my life has always kind of been how i've been like i'm always the connector i'm always the one that's trying to think oh you need your house painted let me hook you up with my buddy <laughs> it's that's just how i that's how i roll period yeah. like i'm always mm -hmm. in that spot and um always trying to help people in that regard. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's fulfillment in that. So I'm very fortunate to be in a place where that's what I'm doing. Like what you're talking about doing and reaching out and having those connections is I'm in a place where my job allows me to do that during the day. And then when I'm doing blue dog stuff, similarly, I'm yeah. bringing people together. I'm helping people that are getting together, making connections with all these different nonprofits and all of these different organizations, trying to raise money for their causes. And, um, it continues to allow me to have that same stuff. So the fun of what you're talking about is I'm very lucky to be in a place where both of my businesses allow me to do that. And it's part of my job. Yeah. It's part of my job description. You know, I love that yeah. because that's how I felt in staffing for like over 15 years. It was like, I loved it. I love connecting with people. Like you said, it's, it wasn't sales for me. It was relationship building. And that's, that, that brought me so much joy. And then there came a point where it felt like a job. So then I made that shift and that's where I started the coaching. And now I, I'm at a place where, um, like you said, it, it, it doesn't always feel like work. Like I ain't going to front. Sometimes it feels like work and I have to take a step sure. back. Sure. Um, but just the, the perspective of switching that perspective from, okay, this is sales to relationship building. It's nurturing. It's connecting with people. Um, it makes me feel great. Like I love what I freaking do because I love people. I love like this is this this is a job. This is a job. This is fun. Right. You know, just just like you. And that's why I think you and I always kind of connected on that level. Um, but I want to go back. How so how'd you get into the title business? Super fluke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um had a delicatessen. Um multiple 
And, and I love your sandwiches. <laughs> and did that for years, family business that turned into my own business. And that's what I thought I was going to do forever because that's what my parents did forever. And um, I got to a place where uh, an opportunity to change happened and I took a break and got rid of the last deli and said, I'm going to take six months and just kind of hang out and see what I'm going to do and enjoy because I'd done the 12 hours a day for, you know, 10 years, seven days a week and a break was nice. So did that for a little while, had a friend that had a, a, a gym and said, Hey, you can come sell memberships, work three hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever you want to do, come do. And so I did that for a short period of time and hung there for a while, just kind of keeping myself busy doing something until I figured out what was next. And um, one of the ladies that worked there, her mom worked for Old Republic and they were looking for a sales rep out in Antioch and she wanted the job, but they wouldn't hire her because she was her daughter. And so she said, Sam, you should really check this out. And I interviewed thinking, yeah, whatever, I'll check it out. And I did and um, thought maybe six months, a year, we'll try this for a while and see how it goes. And here we are 24 years later still grinding title insurance. But yeah, you know, it's turned out, like I said, I think I realized when I left the deli, um, as much as I enjoyed cooking and having done that and being part of that business and um, what I really realized when I left there was it wasn't that it was the people. It was that every day 150 people came in and I got to chat with them and talk to them and um, find out about their kids and what was going on with them. And they did the same for me. And that was what I enjoyed about having the business. Not so much that I was passionate about sandwiches or lunch meat or making lasagna. It was that I was passionate about the people. Um, and so I realized that when I came to this business that, boy, I can be passionate about hanging with people and learning and teaching and growing and still have two days off every week. And yeah, that's for right. vacation and <laughs> all kinds of crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, so. and I mean, obviously, I worked in the deli, too, you know, in one of um, my relatives, a couple delis and the coffee shop. And same for me. Like, I loved it, even though it was after, you know, my day job, I would go to those you know other jobs. It never phased me because the same thing, just like I said, hundreds of people connecting right. with them, talking to them. And um, and that's what that that fills me. Yeah. You know, I can be in the worst mood. And then get on the phone or run into someone and just have a short conversation. And I walk away feeling full. Sure. Sure. So with the tight, so that was a flu, you know, 24 years later and you've done amazing. So now I want to go back to the, like blue dog. Tell me about blue. Like what inspired you? Similar flu. You've raised (laughs) millions and millions of dollars for all kinds of organizations. So thank you so much. I know it's not easy. It takes a lot of effort. No, but it's been fun and it's cool. And and so always been a poker player. Dad taught us poker at a young age. And uh, Friday night poker. Friday night poker. <laughs> Different uncle's house every Friday. And yeah, so super fun. Enjoyed that. And, and then uh, played with my friends and had regular games that we played and, and enjoyed ourselves. Definitely more about the camaraderie and enjoying time with each other, which is ultimately where I always end up. Mm-hmm. Um and we, my partner and I, who are my partner in the business, he wanted to uh, do a fundraiser for his his daughter's preschool mm-hmm. and said, hey, why don't we do a poker tournament for them? It'll be a blast. We did it. It went really well. 
Um, somebody heard we had done that. Actually, no, I take it back. I think the next one was um, for a coworker that had Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. And we said, you know what, why don't we do one for him? And so we did it for him, raised a bunch of money for the family. Um, and at that tournament, I think somebody asked about doing one for their kids lacrosse team or something like oh no this isn't a business not something we do um, <laughs> said, well we'll pay you just come do it for us because this is so much fun so we did that and the first few years were definitely more like doing it here and there helping people out when we could um you know not with any intention of starting a business to grow a business but as time progressed it slowly to become a little bit more here and a little bit more there and um it just continued growing and so now Pre-pandemic, we probably average about 120 events a year and wow. somewhere from three to five million dollars raised every year for different organizations. That's incredible. Um, yeah, and it's cool because you're with you're always with people who are trying to help. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's showing up to a charity poker tournament is there to donate and loves the cause, whatever the cause may be, whether it's someone that's ill or they're, you know, a nonprofit creating opportunities for people who are struggling. Um, everybody that's there is always in a good place. They're all good-hearted people. No one's coming there, you know, with an attitude. Everybody's coming there with a real. So there's always such a positive vibe, and everybody's there for a good reason. Amen. And so you're always surrounded by happy people who are having a good time, enjoying themselves, and helping a cause. And so being able to help facilitate that is it's cool. It's a oh, cool feeling to, you know, it's fulfilling to see that. It's fulfilling yeah. to see how many times you're in a situation where, you know. They're thinking, gosh, I hope we can, if we could get $10,000 tonight, it would be amazing. And at the end of the night, them coming up going, Sam, we made $35,000. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe $35,000? And it's so cool to see that and knowing that you were a part of helping Mm -hmm. them facilitate that and giving them ideas on how they can raise more money for their cause Mm -hmm. and encouraging those that are there to donate and, and, and help. And so... It's fulfilling. It's fulfilling in a lot of ways. Oh, Obviously, okay. it's a business, and we still make money. And you know, just like anything else, you got to survive and thrive. Um, but it's and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, nothing. But it's cool that. to be able to do it in a fun way. Absolutely. And, so and, and you're giving back and serving in a very big way. Um, can you tell us a story that comes to mind where it just blew your mind? Like you know, they came in, they needed help, and um, it just uh, it, their expectations were just beyond their imagination. You know what? There was one and it was actually for one of our guys. So uh, from the get go of this business, we've had one like our, our right hand guy who was always assisting us at every tournament. And, um, you know, one of our better dealers and always takes care of us whenever we need him, he's there to help out. And he got leukemia. Hmm. And so we threw a tournament for him and we invited all of the people who had ever supported us and all the people we've done tournaments for and all the people wow. who have come. We had a bunch of, we have a bunch of followers that basically just like playing poker and they don't want to go to a poker room and give it to the other CD guy who's playing mm-hmm. poker in the poker mm-hmm. room. They'd rather it go to a good cause, but they enjoy playing. So we have followers that come to our events that just doesn't matter what the charity is. They know it's going to be a good cause and they will, come and donate to that cause while still having fun playing poker. Mm-hmm. And so awesome. everybody pulled together for this thing. And it was similar. It, you know, we were doing live auction items and, you know, things we expected to sell for 500 bucks were going for $3,000. Wow. Oh, I just like Watching that. people pull together for one person mm-hmm. and, and show what our community and that poker community and that charitable foundation community could do to help one person knowing this guy was going to be out of work for a year or two and, and mm-hmm. helping him survive. And 
yeah, the expectations were blown away. I mean, I was in tears and I don't get in tears very often. I can feel <laughs> it. Like I'm just emotional thinking about yeah. it. It was, it was a really, really cool event. And, and he wasn't there until maybe the last, um, you know, just because at the time exposure to a lot of people was not a good thing for him. And so he was able to come the last few minutes and just a few of the stragglers were still there and got to see him. And, um, it, it, just to tell him what happened and what was raised and what we got for certain items was he because he'd seen us do these things all the time so he knows what the expectations of having 50 people are or what the expectations of having 100 people are and when you five exit and six exit it's wow it's cool and that we've done a lot of stuff for a lot of people and there's been a lot of really good charities that we've helped raise a lot of money but this one was personal so i think it I can feel that. And the other thing I feel is humanity is good. We are good. People are good. Community is good. It's just we've had so much insanity going around on around us that we forget that at the core of who we are, all of us, we are good. We do step up to help. There is community. People care. And I just want to sit like in this amazing energy for a minute because you took me back there with you. It was cool. Yeah. And it just feels like this, if we could just sit in this energy, you know, bring that energy in all the time. Wow. You know, because I I do, I believe people are are good and they want to help. I mean, look at, and look what you, you know, you and your team have been doing and the people that come. And I think most people want to be that way. And most people are that way. Absolutely. Again, it's, it's that we're busy. It's our heads are busy. Yeah, Our heads are busy running this way. And we're just doing, we're doing, everybody's just feeling like they can just got to find a way to survive. Yeah. And if they can step back and take a break and recognize and look at those situations. And I think most people want to be that person. Most people want to be that giver. Most people want to help. Most people want to be part of the community and share. Um, yes, I believe. You got to remind yourself. You got to remind yourself and someone's got to remind you. And we've got to all remind each other all the time yes. to be doing that because that's what keeps that flow going. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a hundred percent. And I, 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 you're right. We're all that to, to the core. And we have to remind ourselves and do something about that busyness. But I'm going to see who's with us right now because um, I just want to give them some love because I feel a lot of love in my heart right now. There are people out there. Yeah. I want to say hi to Tammy and Noah's here. Thank you. She said, God bless you both. Tammy's really enjoying it. Edith is here. Edie's with us. Uh, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Um, Edie says um, she wish she had a sandwich right now, Sam. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. And Tammy, fundraisers are such a blessing. Really, they they, they are. And then just that story, I feel like, is a blessing um, for me today and for those who are watching, just to know that at the core, all of us are, are good and keep that in mind when we're out there and we run into someone who may be having a bad day. Like, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal because um, you never know what the other person is going through. Maybe they are that person that just got diagnosed with leukemia. You you don't know. So stay um, staying compassion and love. So for sure. W- I love this. I can just keep going on a tangent. <laughs> I, I use that and you just said that, and I've lived by that for such a long time. And of course, we all get sucked into once in a while getting frustrated about people and their situations. But um I I've I've always looked at it that way and say, hey, if we're at a restaurant and it's slow and things aren't moving as quick, especially this day and age, you're like, okay, they're short. I know people are short staffed and you yeah. gotta remind yourself that's what it's gonna be and it's gonna take a little bit longer and your expectations need to be checked. Um, but you don't know what that other person is dealing with and what's yeah. going on. And even if it gets to the point where 
um, it really does rile you up. Where I usually check myself is um, if they are that person that just seems like, hey, you know what? This person just got a really negative, ugly attitude and it's frustrating me. I'll usually say to myself, I have to deal with them for like 30 seconds to a That's minute. Right. And they have to deal with themselves for the rest of their lives. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. And yes. so, yes. When I get frustrated, I mean, like I said, sometimes it's hard to check yourself and recognize that. But like I said, even, you know, most times it's just somebody having a bad day and you've got to go, okay, yeah. they may have a bad day. I don't know what's going on in their lives. Maybe something dramatic just happened. Maybe on the break, they got a horrible phone call. Who knows? But then you right. get those people that you know or you feel are just kind of, uh, That's just know? how they are. Right. And they, Or you've had multiple experiences with them. And they're always like that. And that's what I do when I get to those people. When I get to those people, I'm like, I got to deal with them for two minutes. That's you know how right. short two minutes is in my life? Like, am I really going to let this rile me up to I be? I start to act like that person mm -hmm. because of the two minutes I have mm -hmm. to hang with? Mm -hmm. Let me just go ahead and instead of getting frustrated with them, feel bad. Feel bad that they're in a place where that's where they're living from. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I've got a good that I'm not feeling that grumpy and that frustrated yes. all the time and not to put them down, but no. I, it makes me recognize that my two minutes is nothing. I get over yeah. it. Like, right. Whatever is making them feel like that every day, all day. And every time you see them is much rougher on them than it is oh. on you for the one minute that you do it. And none of us need to be disrespected or, or treated in any way we don't deserve, but bless it. They got to deal with their own stuff and I'll, I'll suck it up for that minute or two that I got to deal with you because you got a lot more going on that you need to work on for yourself. Oh my God. You hit it on the nose. I'm the same way. It's like, you know, so like, Oh, I was just disrespected. I'm like, who can they, they, can you imagine what this person is going on in their mind? Can you imagine what for them to act like that? What might be going on in their heart? No, I don't feel disrespected because this person is just, in a, not, not in a good place has nothing to do with me and I just you know move on because I don't want to give my power away and then I also yeah. want to be in compassion because you're right someone who shows up that way what are they going through with their in their mind and heart right and you know what oftentimes if you show them a little love and compassion that's probably they'll walk away you'll never know how you may have affected affected them right. in a positive light you know being polite don't get me wrong. There's sometimes when I'm in a bad mood and then someone triggers. Of We've all done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, We've but all I'm done it. It's not always easy to do that. No, it's not always easy, but I'm with you. Like when someone gets frustrated, I, I get frustrated and we're venting. I say, you know what? Stop right there. Consider the source. Where's that person coming from? Right. They're not in a good place. So you can't, you know, we have to hold people accountable, but um, I'm with you on that. I think uh, it kind of realized that as we're talking that, and probably better with that with strangers than I am with people that I'm close to. Well, I mean, that I could probably probably stand to be more that way with people that I'm close to than than just the strangers that I'm giving that benefit of the doubt to, and and not take things as personally with people that are closer because they're in the similar boat and they're dealing with the same things as that random person. But I don't give them that the break that I would otherwise. That's true. But also I feel like the people closest to us and our family trigger us the most. I think, mm -hmm. you know, they, you know, well, I know for me, you know, I've had to do a lot of work around that. And you're right. The closer the person is, the more challenging because we're more invested. Right. And our, our triggers run deeper than like, this is a stranger. Sure. So yeah, sure. I, 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 I've been, <laughs> I've been working on that. <laughs> 
it's hard. It's yeah. hard because it's constant. It's and your 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 history and your yeah, my, you exactly. Yeah, you get triggered yeah. back to that little girl, you know. Right. And then I start, you know, I get, you know, like the trauma comes up, and I want to, you know, scream and shout. But it's a um, lot of work. A lot of work. It it is. But if we're like we're aware of it, like we're talking about it right now, we're aware of it. Right. And the key is awareness, and that helps yep. us stay in the compassion. And we're freaking human, dude. We're human. Sure. Okay. There's going to be a time I'm going to be like, bye, Felicia. And that's okay. Right. So who would you say has been the biggest influence in your life? Uh, probably my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Good and bad. Tell, tell um, me more. I love I'm a bum. I'm a bum. I'm a, if I could pinch your cheeks from here, I'd do it. Yes, he would. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing that people still, that's like literally such a memory for so many people <laughs> from a that's child a to a memory. full adult. Um, inspired in lots of ways. He's definitely one that helped me. Um, the social being that I am is definitely from him. He is that social being. He was always that social being. He was the guy that got invited to every wedding, regardless of how close he was to that family or not. He was the guy to have there because he knew everybody else there and they all knew him. And yeah, he was we never saw him if we went to wedding. He literally was from table to table to table to table talking to everybody in the room. Um, right. So I, I grew up watching that. I grew up seeing that. And um, I appreciated that. I appreciated how he treated everybody and, and how people treated him. And I think that it's, it for sure unconsciously inspired me to live my life that way. Um, and then the whole putting yourself in that other person's shoes. He, he taught me that lesson a long time ago. Yes. And... Um, I think, you know, a good 85% of my life, I do that. And I know that's from him. Sometimes yeah. you forget to put yourself in the other person's yeah, shoes. But um, for the most time, yeah, it's it's understanding that and, and understanding where people can come from and why they may come from that place and trying to understand and put yourself in that spot um, and recognize what's going on there. Yeah. And, so, and it goes, that goes back to the compassion. Yeah, for compassion, sure. Empathy. For yeah. sure. And that does, it goes a long way. Very yeah. long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super inspirational that way. Yeah. I think for sure. Mom, not a far second behind that by any means, because yeah. she's very much the same person. Okay. They have very many of those attributes in common. She is also super caring and loving and compassionate. The smart ass is definitely dad, not mom. Yeah, for That's sure. I get that. <laughs> I love that. But I love that about you both. I love that about you both. Some days you're not with me every day. But I'll, you know, I'm not, I'm not with you every day, but I learned how to handle my business. Yeah. <laughs> One thing um, I'm going to, you know, really put a shout out to your mom. She has been just so supportive um, of me in this endeavor and always just encouraging me and showing up. And like, that's meant, you know, so much to me, especially with, you know, my mom being gone and just having her just constantly show up and support me. And, and, um, I'm grateful to her for that. And if you're watching, I love you. So, um, we're very blessed with an incredible, you know, community that's for damn sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So we're I'm, I'm to have the family around us that we have yeah. and, uh, and, the community and the extended community. Yeah. And I know, you know, it's not perfect and, and we have our, you know, um, sure. you know, stuff, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. You know, I mean, we're just, what we're doing now is moving forward to, um, make things, you know, how do I want to say it? Um, make the shifts, 
make the shifts to, you know, for the, the generation coming um, ahead of sure. us. For sure. Yeah. There's a huge amount of positives about our culture and how they do things, but there's a lot of negatives and yeah, things that probably, everything. like any other culture, there's a lot yeah, of things. And so, but recognizing those, and I mean, I can see a shift from, you know, when I was a kid to today, 100%, sure. with so many of our family members and what's okay now that wasn't okay before and, yeah. and recognize, but we see that with our culture in general, all the where we live, not just our personal exactly. culture and where and we come from. Exactly. And it's an evolution. Yeah. You know, in, in, in any in any culture, any tribe. Has your life been very different than what you imagined it as a child? No. This is what you imagined. I think so, yeah. You yeah, from a fulfillment plan standpoint of what I enjoy doing and the things that I like, yes, I think it okay. is. I I I feel like that. I mean, there's still room to grow and there's other okay. places I want to be and things I want to do that I haven't, but I, I, I'm not disappointed in myself or the life oh. that I live and who, who I am as a person. I don't, I don't look back and go, man, I really should have not ended up where I am now. You know, some days like everybody else, I wish well, I did well, this. Yeah. I wish I did that. I wish I did more of this, but big picture. No, I don't, I don't think. Um, looking back that I would have wanted anything else but to be surrounded by friends I love and that love me and, and um, you know, the family that I have and making the connections that I've made and doing the things I do to help people when I can't help people. I feel like that's always been me as a child and it's still me now. I'm not disappointed in that. I love it. And, and like you see, you just, your heart just carries through all the way. I mean, today sitting here in this energy with you, and I don't, you know, the audience feels it like, please, I just feel tremendous love. Just the energy, just the caring, the kindness that from your heart. And so thank you so much for being who you are and doing all that you do. I was so looking forward to connecting with you today because it's been so long. And you just were any room that you walk into, you light that room up because of that love you have, because of that caring you have. You. And so um, today you are a lesson to me and to maybe, you know, the rest of us that just to go out in that world, in this world and, you know, do things from the heart and show up with that compassion and empathy that you learned from your dad. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. It was amazing to have you here today. And if someone is interested, so tell us, I was going to say, tell us if someone's interested in Blue Dog events, can they still find you? Is that happening? Yeah, yeah we're back. It's, 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 we're creeping back into business. We've had the last three or four weekends, we've had an event every Friday and Saturday night. Fantastic. Um, so things are happening. We're still doing it. There's definitely plenty of places that you can have tournaments like this and still be safe and, um, and, and raise money for your cause. So yeah, Blue Dog events.biz. B-I-Z. That's the part you got to remember. BlueDogEvents.biz. Um, yeah. Hop on the site. Connect with me directly there. Call me. Numbers there. I'm happy to explain the entire process, how it works. Um, ultimately, outside of being um, successful in the fact that we raised a lot of money, why it's worked and why this business has been successful is because we've taken the majority of the work out of the fundraiser's mm -hmm. hands. So many other fundraisers are... Um, so labor intensive that, 
you know, at the end of doing the golf tournament, everybody's crushed and everybody spent weeks and weeks and weeks doing all of this stuff. And, and at the end, you look at the dollar amount and you're like, okay, well, that's great. But the majority went to the golf course and then we had to pay for food and we, you know, we didn't really end up with that much. Yeah. Um, what's made our events so successful is you literally just need to fill the room with people and we'll take care of everything else. Yeah. Um, you okay. could be the organizer of this event and pound to sell seats and sell seats and sell seats. But once you get there, you could sit down and play in that tournament the same way you would if you were a guest at that tournament. And then at the end of the night, we hand you your bag of money and you move on your way. Mm. Um, That's so, how I'm going to a fundraiser now. Hmm? Yeah. Fundraiser. Yeah. No, and I think that's that's a huge part of what's made it successful. Obviously, poker has taken off in the last 10, 15 years, and it's become way more popular. Um, but we teach. You don't need to learn. You don't need to know how to play poker. We have tutorials before. People who have never played before have won our tournaments. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's not, don't feel intimidated by it. Don't go, oh, I don't know how to play poker. I don't know that people we know are going to want to play poker. You'll be surprised. You'll yeah. be surprised how many people you know actually play poker, play with their neighborhood buddies once in a while, get together with their high school buddies and play once in a while. Um, there's a lot more poker players out there than people think. So um, hop on the site, check it out. It kind of gives you an idea of what we do, how we do it. Um, and yeah, we're happy. And I'll also, um, at the end of the episode, the information will be there. And once once it goes to um, the podcast platform, all your information will be there for Blue Dog events. And cool. if someone's watching... Um, the replay and you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I'll connect you with, with Sam if the um, information's not up yet. But thank you so much for joining us, Sam, today. I really appreciate you. That was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate talking to you always. And thank you for being that common soul that is very much like me. Awesome. You deserve all the accolades you just gave back to me the same way because you are that person too. Thank you. Thank you. And for everyone that's watching, thank you so much for being here with us. I really appreciate you. And for those watching the replay, thank you so much. I am in full gratitude. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and rate it. I'd appreciate it. And then until next time, I wish you an amazing day and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Real Talk. All right, guys, take care. Love you. Bye. Bye. love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.